The following episode is brought to you by A Beginner's Guide to Nutrition. Are you struggling to create healthy eating habits and maintain a healthy lifestyle? Do you find it challenging to know what to eat and when to eat it? If so, I have the perfect solution for you. My simple guide teaches you not to demonize food groups like fats and carbs. You will learn what to eat to lose weight and maintain your physique. You'll also discover how to build muscle, endurance, and strength. Taking accountability for your lifestyle is one step in the right direction. Learning to rehabit ourselves and eating this, not that, will also help you become the best version of yourself. Realizing that you need to learn how to eat in order to live in moderation is a challenging admission for some to make. The ability to determine that skipping breakfast sets you up for bad food decisions throughout the day sets you up for success in your fitness journey. But that's not all. After you've learned to create healthy habits and food choices, this book doubles as a food journal. This enables you to meticulously track your meals and have a quick reference on what foods to eat all in the same place. This is a blueprint to create a newer and healthier you. Don't wait any longer to take control of your health and wellness. Order my guide today and start becoming the best version of yourself. The link will be in the show notes. audio experience. I'm your host, Michael. Um, coming up on today's show, I'm going to mention a brief word about the AFC Championship game and the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. I'm also going to talk about the significance of two black quarterbacks facing off in the Super Bowl and just how big of a deal that is to me and some of my thoughts about it. So, if that's something that interests you, um, please stick around because I want to talk about it. All right. Welcome to the show. Um, I'm just going to dive in. Uh, we have the first Super Bowl with two black quarterbacks facing off. And <laughs> how coincidental that is during Black History Month. Uh, really, really good for us. It is, an, it is a momentous occasion. Um, on February 12th, 2023, history will be made. For the first time in the illustrious history of the Super Bowl, we will have two black quarterbacks that are going to start opposite one another with the Lombardi Trophy on the line. Just pause and take a second and think about how significant that is. Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts both led their teams to the AFC and NFC championship games respect, respectively. And here they are. They have a chance to make history as they face off against each other in Glendale, Missouri. A few few people can appreciate this momentous occasion more than Doug Williams, who, if you don't know who Doug Williams is, 
he is the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Um, 35 years ago, he became the first black quarterback to start and win a Super Bowl, leading the then Washington Redskins to a 42-10 comeback victory over Denver. And if you had had a chance to live during that time or consume any of the media during that time, the narrative going into that Super Bowl was that there was only one good quarterback in that game, and his name was John Elway. Um, I think that turned out to be patently false. But, you know, what does this game mean? How significant is it? Well, to be honest, it is a major milestone for black athletes everywhere. It has taken 55 years since the Super Bowl first was held for two African-American quarterbacks to make it this far. And that's an accomplishment that should not go unnoticed or uncelebrated. This game shows how far we've come regarding racial equality in sports and uh, what is possible when young people of color are given access to the opportunities and support and resources that they need to succeed. This should remind us of the importance of representation. Representation matters, especially when it comes to inspiring generations of young people coming after us. Seeing people who look like us achieving success can give us hope that we too can reach our dreams no matter, no matter what obstacles we may face along the way. Kids of all ages seeing Mahomes and Hurts battle it out for their respective team's uh, championship dreams are sure to be inspired by what they see on that field come February 12th. And hopefully they can channel those feelings into pursuing their own goals without fear or hesitation. This game is a reminder of how important mentorship can be when it comes to achieving success, especially for young people from underserved communities who may not have access to resources or role models who understand their struggles and challenges firsthand. Both Mahomes and Hertz had mentors helping them along their journey who helped them believe they would get where they are today. And that same kind of mentorship should always be encouraged and supported so more kids can follow in their footsteps in the future. Doug Williams was interviewed and he expressed his immense pride at watching two black quarterbacks take center stage during this year's Super Bowl. He said that he also was thankful because um, it's not something that he did alone. Indeed, he didn't. It took countless others before him to pave the way, while many others still continue fighting for change today. So stories like Mahomes and Hurts can become even more commonplace in years to come. But this upcoming Super Bowl is undoubtedly an incredible accomplishment for both of them. Still, it also serves as an example for everyone else about what is possible when you never stop believing in yourself and your dreams despite any obstacles you may face on your path towards success. Whew. <laughs> I know that was a lot, but I feel like I have some strong feelings 
about this because I think it's very impressive. Um, I also, you know, have seen the question around, and this question was asked, you know, which quarterback, which quarterback had the most impressive uh, championship run? And personally, I know I'm biased, but I feel as though Mahomes' run was more impressive. Now, check me out. So Mahomes has gotten us to the point where we expect greatness from him. And yet he delivers time after time. I would actually call Jalen Hurts' run more improbable than impressive. Now, don't get me wrong. He is very impressive. But it's it's impressive that he has overcome the improbable odds that lay before him. But I really think that most impressive goes to Mahomes. And this is why. Mahomes had real serious doubts and doubters heading into the season in terms of his production. How productive will he be without Tyreek Hill? If you watched any Chiefs broadcast this, this season, it almost became like a drinking game of sorts with how many times Tyreek Hill, his name was mentioned. You know, like, <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. Like, you, you almost got sick of hearing his name. Uh, it, and and I, I do not dislike Tyreek Hill at all. But it almost made you like, man, will y'all stop talking about this dude? Because there's other players on this team. But every single broadcast, I mean, they mentioned his name. And if you made it a drinking game to take a shot every time they said the words Tyreek Hill, you'd have been drunk by the end of the first quarter because, I mean, they just kept piling it on. But anyway, you know, many people said to themselves that, you know, with the absence of Tyreek, the Chiefs would be able to spread the ball around and be more dangerous. Now, that's something that we told ourselves to sleep better at night, but I'm not 100% sure that everybody who said that believed it. Especially when chemistry issues arose at the beginning of the season between Mahomes and the new crop of receivers. But not only did Mahomes prove everybody wrong, but he excelled in a way that nobody ever could have predicted. He took young receivers and created an offensive powerhouse that led the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game and eventually to a Super Bowl. And it's almost as if Tyreek Hill was never even gone because that's how dominant they were. That man turned around and had an MVP season without Tyreek Hill. So ask yourself, what's more impressive? I know what my answer is. (sighs) Okay, switch gears. Let's talk about the... uh, the AFC Championship game itself. Um, well, <laughs> what does the box score tell you? It tells you that the Chiefs led in total yards. It tells you that they led in passing yards. It tell you, tells you that they led in first downs. It tells you that they won the turnover battle. And it tells you that they won in time of possession. But you know what? The Bengals led in rushing yards. And you know who led the Bengals in rushing yards? Joe Burrow that to me like 
you know, to the eye when you were watching that game, I can't necessarily say that it felt like the Chiefs were that dominant throughout the uh, the course of the game as it unfolded. And maybe it's because I had such a, a biased interest or biased stake in how the game was playing out. But to me, it never necessarily felt like the Chiefs were that dominant until, like I say, you look at the box score and you go, oh yeah, I guess, I guess we were holding on to the ball. I guess we were going up and down the field at will. Now, there were a couple three and outs that had me pretty frustrated. And I think at times I get lost in that. But people ask, did the Chiefs win or did the Bengals lose? And I think, I don't know, when you look at the box score, it looks like the Bengals lost. Sure, the Chiefs won the game, but did they go out and take it by the scruff of the neck? Like, I would say that Mahomes certainly did on that last quarterback run to set up the game-winning field goal. He looked at that situation. He looked at the moment, realized the gravity of it, and like I said, he grabbed it by the scruff of the neck and went and made a play. And I think he knew he was going to get contact going out of bounds. I, I know he knew. And that's why he did what he did. That man won the game. But it was a tough, tough game. And both sides brought it, you know. <laughs> They brought it big time. It was entertaining as a football fan. It was much more entertaining than the uh, NFC Championship game. And yeah, there was a lot of trash talk. But, you know, at the end of the day, both sides delivered. And, you know, the Chiefs didn't do a whole lot of trash talking themselves. I think they just took in everything. And I think uh, Travis Kelsey said, said it best, you know, that they had bulletin board material. They had stuff that, you know, stuff they circled, stuff they they were going to remember, stuff they were going to quote in post-game press conferences and interviews, and they did just that. But, if you know, if you're going to talk about that game, of course, the officiating has to come up. And you have to ask yourself, was the officiating that bad? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. After the third down do-over and the uh, subsequent Eli Apple penalty, Nobody in orange and black was happy. Um, Another key call by the NFL referees was an intentional grounding call on um, the Bengals quarterback with a minute 22 left. We saw NFL rigged trending on Twitter. Yes, several calls went against the Bengals, which left Bengals fans upset. I get it. The uh, fourth quarter deal that had the third down uh, replay again for another third down after they stopped him. Uh, Bengals fans, they were upset. And I honestly, if that would have happened to my team, I would have been upset too. But the thing that I was most upset about and why I think the officiating was also bad for the Chiefs was watching Joe Burrow continually throwing the ball, quote unquote, away. And um it just kept looking like intentional grounding to me. He wasn't outside of the tackle box, but he kept throwing the ball away and they weren't calling it. And finally seeing it called in the fourth, I was like, you know, about darn time. But even when they did call it and it made it uh, third and 16 instead of second and seven because of a loss of down, the Bengals still turned around and got a uh, first down on that play. I think Hayden Hurst had like a 23-yard reception. So... 
you know, even if you are a Bengals fan and you say the calls went against you, I don't think any of the calls that went against you really, really um, put you in a situation, uh, at least yardage-wise, that you weren't able to overcome. And obviously the call at the end of the game was a good call. You cannot harass a quarterback like that. Um, I don't know. I think, I think that's it. I, I mentioned a lot here. I would love to uh, hear your feedback. Uh, leave me a comment. Leave me a... Uh, you could post on any of my socials. Uh, YouTube. I'm also posting shorts there. I'm chopping up little bits of the show and posting them in shorts on YouTube if that's something that you're interested in. Um, you can interact with me on Twitter. The link to my socials, all three. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube will be in the notes of the show. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider giving me a rating. If you're watching on YouTube, give me a like, uh, subscribe to the channel. It's really going to help me out tremendously and it's going to help me continue to pump out this content. So thank you for tuning in today and I hope you have a good one. Peace. Peace.